zoom and I'm gonna clap. Well, did you select uh, for the zoom yeah. with, with the screen thing? Yeah, multiple uh, participants can share. All right, man. So we we doing this? So we're doing this, Taris. Yes, my friend. Here we are again. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? How's this past week treating you? I don't know, man. We had a good thing going on yesterday. Well, actually, the day before, but it backfired. What's backfired, Ron? The that part that I send you. Mm -hmm. So I officially re received an offer for that role, mm -hmm. right? You want to tell people what it is or no? Well, it was going to be um, an Italian mobster, Italian American mobster, which was I was very excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, that was the most that I was excited about, and it was mm -hmm. going to be for NCIS. Mm -hmm. um, everybody knows the show, uh, not the highest, you know, reputable show, but um, the character was fun. So everything right. went through. We got the official offer. Talked to my manager. Talked to my agent. Right. Mm -hmm. I reached out to you. And then, dude, we start doing the documents, the paperwork. And again, man, my visa got me. So, they, uh, they, re they relieved me for the part because of some stupid, like, visa thing. Like, dude, I don't even want to get into it, dude. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And we tried everything yesterday with my manager to make it work. But so basically, when I, when I arrived in the United States last time, um, I had to renew my passport. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I'd be here with a with an invalid passport. So I renew it in New York when I was there with you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, they send the passport to me. So now I'm here in the United States with a new passport and an old passport. So, what you know, for this role, they're asking me for my um, passport and they see that I don't have a stamp in my new passport. So they're like, you need to get a stamp. So basically, you got to leave the country and come back. And then we'll, you know, you're not going to have an, uh, an issue. Oh, Jesus Christ. So they're like, literally, in the email, they said, he could hypothetically travel to Mexico right now or drive to Mexico. You know, just enter Mexico and re-enter the U.S. Oh, yeah. That's if they let you back in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shit's fucking funky with immigrants these days, man. You got to be careful leaving and entering, man. So Yeah, well, no, that's that's even out of the question, man. I was not going to travel to Mexico right now, uh, especially now with the Georgian passport, bro. The moment I leave the uh, United States with the Georgian passport to Mexico, I'm not coming back. <laughs> nah, that's what I'm saying, man. You, gotta, you can't be so, fucking around. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, I was released from the part. Mm -hmm. um, but it is what it is. It's it's the business, you know. Got to work um, on that green card, my friend. You got to yes, get yes. To that. We're we're working on it right now. Uh, the only thing is this. This is the thing, man. I I always wanted to, uh, you know, step into that realm of the mobsters and you know the Ital Italian culture. Mm -hmm. So this was really cool, and and they loved the tape. So they cast me right off the tape, um, and yeah. So you know that was exciting. Uh, and as you, saw, yeah. as you saw, as you saw, it was a pretty cool character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It definitely you know? was. Yeah, it, you know, man, it sucks, dude. It sucks that, you know, the system set up this way and, and it's so much fucking around. And it's like, you know what I mean? Getting it is, dude. And it's like, there. it's one thing to get an audition here in the in the industry. Uh, yeah. A serious audition, let's say, through your mm -hmm. manager, through your agent. And let alone getting an agent or a manager. But then right. it's another thing to book it. Right. And then you book it. You're excited, you know, mm -hmm. you're ready to work. 
and then because of this you get cut off it's 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 a shitty feeling because it's it has nothing to do with you you know exactly it's completely out of your control and i think those are the those are the moments in life where you're tested the most exactly those you know what ones. i mean yep yeah so yeah yesterday it sucked uh, cause me and my manager really worked all day on it. So I'm like, oh, the, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm allowed to work, dude. I mean, <laughs> I don't have any issues, but mm-hmm. because of a technicality thing, you know, I got cut. So yeah. On to the next one, my friend. Don't worry about it, man. Once this is sorted is you're going to look back on it and you're going to be like, yeah. oh man, you know, I had some adversities in my career and this is what I had to deal with to get here, man, all those missed opportunities because of this bullshit, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, something like this, like you said, this is the, te- this is, these are like the tests that, you know, life is basically throwing at you. And uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just going to make you stronger and a better actor, you know, and probably all around person, you know, let's be yeah. honest. So, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta get through it, man. Just, you know, this shit, you know, life throwing you challenges, man, you're working hard, you know, you obviously haven't, success you know because you're getting these auditions and you're getting the parts and the only thing is slowing you down is this bullshit with the passport stamp mm-hmm. and, and it's and i'm sure how i can only imagine how frustrating it is so you know yeah. just give it it's like me. you you learn how to deal with it because this is not the first time it happens this is the first time oh, that i, know. I yeah you know, i was offered a part officially and then mm-hmm. you know was relieved this is the first time it happened but this is not the first time i've had issues with you know documents uh, you know con- concerning you know auditions and whatnot um but yeah man um on to the next one man it's all good my that's italian that's come. My, <laughs> my italian part is uh it's still to come. It's still, it's to, still come. to come. Exactly. Who knows? Maybe the next one you're going to play the boss or something. You know, you're going to get a bigger <laughs> part. So don't worry about it. This is, hey, man, Immigrants Live Podcast. This is the shit immigrants deal with. Here you go. <laughs> you're, tuning in, you're tuning in live, man. You're tuning in into this shit. You can't find a better topic, right? No, man. Match Bro, is the I, name of the podcast. Taris, like, I realize I'm an immigrant anywhere I go. Anywhere you go. Anywhere I go, bro. That first episode, we talked about, you know, how you had to deal with the immigrant bullshit in, in Belgium. And now yeah. you're talking about, you know, now you're dealing with it as, still, as, bro. As, as, it, as it goes on. Yeah, you're just constantly being an immigrant. It's crazy. So yeah. if I travel back to Georgia, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant. I have a Georgian passport, but I don't live there. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. if it wasn't for last year... Uh, it was like nine years uh, last time I was there. So mm-hmm. last time we visited the country for the first time in nine years. Um, I left Belgium, so I don't even have a Belgian passport. So I'm, I can't really call myself a Belgian. Right? <laughs> Damn, bro, you just got a shit hand, man. So, I, you know, it's funny that you said that because last time I was in Ukraine, which was last year, I felt like an immigrant too, kind of. Yeah. You know, not really because I, I speak the language and everything and I have family, but... You know, I, I felt it felt out of place. You know, you feel like, oh man, I haven't been here in a while. Yep. You know, I feel like people that've been there and been living it every day and going through it, and now you're kind of showing up from the United States, where yeah. life, you know, let's be honest, is much easier here than there. You know, to to some to some aspects of life, not yeah. not all of them, and uh, you know, 
and it's 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 a strange feeling it's it's like the whole life man just immigrants you come from one place go back to where you came from and you don't even feel home anymore exactly man exactly and and to be honest i got really used to the to the us i adjusted very well uh, this is um, the land of immigrants let's be this, honest this is the land yes this is the motherland now yeah and so um, if you're an immigrant this is the place to be yeah man so it's it's just interesting because, you know, a lot of people have a home, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't really say where my home is. Like, I can't say, so this is it. This is where I am. And this is where I'm going to stay. You know, if it wasn't for acting, let's say, if it wasn't for this entertainment business, like, I don't really have anything to do in LA. I don't think yeah. I would be like, oh, I got to go to LA for this and that. I don't know. Maybe right. I could have found a reason if it wasn't for this uh, passion of mine, but I can't tell you right now. In this reality, this is the only reason I'm here, or this is the so, only reason I came here. That's but now good, I have different reasons, of course. That's a good topic to talk about. Why did you get into? Why did you get into acting, man? Like, why out of all the things you could have possibly done, you know, uh, why acting? What what made you become an yeah. actor? Dude, I don't know. I always thought I knew, and uh, during uh, you know press junkets and interviews, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I want to inspire the people, which to a certain degree I really want to do. Obviously, mm-hmm. I love inspiring people, as you know me, right? Mm-hmm. I love motivating and not motivating, but like I love showing people that whatever you want to do, it's possible. I love that, mm-hmm. but. That's not the reason, bro. As a kid, you don't know what the fuck inspiring other people means. You know what? You nah. don't you don't know the idea of it. No, nah, yeah. So uh, lately, bro, I've been thinking I've been thinking and I don't know. I don't really know why I get why I get into it. I don't have a solid answer for that. I have multiple reasons why I wanted to do it um which I still, you know, uh, live by, mm-hmm. but I don't really have a solid reason why I wanted to pursue acting um so i don't know man i think that's the i think that's the answer right there um that you know that journey that the chasing uh, to find the answer i guess i don't know but um i i've 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 made my peace with it i don't think you need to have an answer i always thought when i was um you know watching interviews to people that i look up to and mm-hmm. actors and whatnot and when they were asked why they kind of they kind of always had an answer or whatever, but I don't have an answer, man. I mean, I do remember some some artists and actors kind of like feeling the sim- uh, similar way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I get into it, but it was more like, I, like it was not like a, I didn't pick it. It, it just kind of like, like gravitate, gravitated towards it. If I, if I'm, you know, explaining well, it right. This is not something you can easily gravitate you, towards. Yeah. You know, you can easily gravitate towards being a plumber. You know what I mean? But being an actor, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of something out of the way. Let's Bro, because this is the thing, Taris, about me. I don't know if you know this, but when I was a kid, um, acting was another term that I did not know what, what it really meant. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did know what fighting was and Bruce Lee and, mm-hmm. you know, action you know, I knew that. So I always wanted to be a stuntman. So when I was in Belgium and I was like, you know what? If I want to be a stuntman, I want to be the best stuntman. And mm-hmm. if I want to be the best stuntman, I got to go to the place where the best stuntmen are. 
America, <laughs> or okay. at least at least that's what I thought, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I look up different schools, uh, and then I find I find a, the Stunt Academy in Seattle, bro. Oh, so I look them up, I start reading about it, um, and that that was my initial idea. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go and become a stuntman, and and then I realized a whole different portion of um you know movie making which is acting <laughs> so i i just fell in love with it as i was um doing stunt work as a kid well, i was doing stunt work as a kid i was just filming some shit with my friends and cousins <laughs> you know what i mean falling yeah, off yeah. trees parkour i don't know i'm like yo punch me here punch me there and i'll fucking crash into a bike or something you know anything um so and obviously martial arts i mean i was i think the the moment I, the moment i learned how to walk my dad had me kicking you know pads and fucking throwing mm-hmm. punches that's and then mm-hmm. doing push-ups that's mm-hmm. what i remember literally um so that was a big influence bruce lee was a huge influence uh that's you know that's a standard in our culture right <laughs> yeah so, man. so yeah, and acting, I think it was this. Acting became more of a serious thing for me once my mind developed a little bit more. You know what I mean? Once I understood emotions and once I understood um, expressing yourself in different ways. Like I express myself when I, when I fight, when I, when I used, to, uh, used to spar and when, when me and my brother did competitions. That was a, an adrenaline rush. It was, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was an adventure. So mm-hmm. same thing happened with acting where mm-hmm. slowly I kind of like, you know, I wanted to um, perform and I wanted to take on these, you know, interesting characters and do monologues and dialogues and scenes and Shakespeare and whatever. So how old were you when you were doing those monologues and dialogues and all that stuff? Yeah, because you, you must have been doing some stuff in Belgium, you know, and you say in your mind developed, but yeah. you got here, you were like, what, 20, 19 years old? You were a young dude. So you know, you're not you're not really that developed in your mind yet, you know. No. I would say, you know, you're still kind of like a monkey just learning to speak. So, you <laughs> yeah, know, man. When, when did you start doing all that acting stuff? You're right. In 20 years, we're gonna be looking back to this. We'll be like, oh, a bunch of fucking oh, idiots. Oh man, you are. <laughs> if this is gonna be a YouTube man, I'm gonna watch this shit. And be like this guy. Oh my god. <laughs> I cannot believe this guy. I cannot no. believe that is me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so. Me and my brother used to watch, uh, besides Bruce Lee. So this is what happened. Hold on. Let me tell you this first. I didn't want to go to the dentist. And my dad is like, look, if you come to the dentist with me, I'll buy all the five movies that Bruce Lee made. Or the official movies, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, shit. Let's That's the deal it. right there, bro. <laughs> Yo, I remember having my teeth pulled out and I'm like, we're still getting the movies, right, dad? We're still getting them, right? You're crying, bro. It was yeah. horrible. I hate dentists, right? Obviously, I, I, I can't stand it. So I get these movies and I start watching them and I start watching them and what like I swear to God I probably watch them like hundred times mm-hmm. over and over again and then slowly I start copying. I start mm-hmm. copying the moves. I start copying the scenes. Um, I start adapting his style of fighting to to taekwondo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I show up. I show up on the um, during the training, and I do like some spinning moves like on the floor and whatnot. And then my coach is like, "What, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the this is not a movie, man." <laughs> yeah. So 
yeah, so, th- you know, that's how I really got introduced to the, um, you know, martial arts and movies. And then I started watching this anime called Ruroni Kenshin. Oh, Jesus, um, here we go. Yeah, here we go again, bro. <laughs> anime <laughs> life. <laughs> but look, look, this is not, it's anime and it's, it's so philosophical and it's such an amazing, um, it's so artistic and it's such an amazing content to watch as a kid. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. That's what you need maybe, as a kid. See, maybe with maybe the reason I'm so fucked up because I didn't watch any anime growing up. You know what I mean? So I, I needed that you had rocks also, thrown at your freaking bro, chin. Forget it, man. You know, I I needed no some anime. anime. Yeah, and I, you know, I honestly, you know, I definitely I bust your balls about anime and whatnot. But you know, I'm sure it's good stuff. You know, this it is, is just it's just yeah. what I do. Um, so I started watching that, and it's about the samurai who swore um, uh-huh. to never kill again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a manslayer, Hitokiri, um, or Batosai. I don't know which one is a manslayer, but one of them Don't is a matter, manslayer. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and he he promised himself to never kill again. And he wanders through Japan. Uh, and this is, I think, the Meiji era of Japan. Uh, it's like you know early 1800s, I think. But anyway, so watching this guy um, as a kid inspired me a lot so i used to go up into my room and i used to like practice right i used Mm -hmm. to practice the moves whatever the sword thing and anything and my mom used to walk in he's like what are you doing i'm like i'm 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 preparing for my you know for my stunt career i'm preparing because one day i'm gonna have to do this for the movies (laughs) yo i swear to god and that's how it started that's how it started and ever since then i i took this shit seriously bro and -hmm. you know me I mean, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. here, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely took it serious. I took it seriously, man. And that was it. I, I swear to God, when I was a kid, maybe like, you know, nine, ten, I was like, yo, I, I got I to gotta do my best now. I got to be prepared. So when I grow up, I just leave and I just go and I just fucking do it. So ever since then, that always, that seed stayed in my head. And everything that I did was mm-hmm. devoted for that goal. That's which crazy, is you know man. follow my passion since i was a kid bro man, so all the yeah man yeah 100 percent. and um and that's how it started man and then and then years went by and i went into you know i took taekwondo very seriously me and my mm-hmm. brother we we both competed on a national level uh we did you know international fights and all that and then eventually you know i had to make a decision whether i'm gonna follow taekwondo professionally um go to a special school and whatnot and completely devote uh, my life to Taekwondo. Or I'm going to fucking go to America and become an actor. <laughs> so, yeah, man. And uh, When I turned 18, graduated, um, took one year off. I started working and started doing, you know, small theaters and short films and anything that I could, honestly, in Belgium. Anything that I could. And it's funny because when you talk about things like this, when you're like 13, 12, people think it's cute. People think it's, oh, that's so cool. Yay. You know what I mean? Good luck. Whatever. Look at him. He has mm-hmm. dreams. But when you say this shit at 18, 19, people look at you weird. <laughs> They're like, yeah, bro, you should have been the plumber. What the fuck are you doing acting in theaters? <laughs> no, it's it's crazy because, you know, at 13, 10 years old, I mean, bro, 10 years old, I mean, I was like a fucking chimp dude at 10 years old. I didn't know what the hell was going on, you know, and to have like that kind of, 
you know, commitment to something at 10 years old and then just working towards it until you're 18 and then then 18 just knowing, hey, man, this is it. I mean, that I'm, I'm impressed with that, you know, and I think the reason why I'm impressed with that is because I didn't experience something like that. I was just a knucklehead. Mm-hmm basically until like two years ago so (laughs) it's you know it's it's crazy it's crazy to see that how different people are you know 100 percent, bro um and i I gotta give all that credit to my dad and my Mm mom's straight up i mean my dad always said this um because he knew he he knew i love bruce lee right and he 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 tells me you like bruce lee right you think he was born like that Mm -hmm. you think he was just born and uh, he was bruce lee he's like no when people were fucking around, this guy was training. This guy was working out. This guy was reading. This guy is. This guy was dedicated to his goal, mm-hmm. and that's why he's Bruce Lee. But he wasn't born Bruce Lee. He was born like an, any other human being, just like you and me. So mm-hmm. if you want to be Bruce Lee, or if you want to be like that, or have your you know have your own goals come true, you better be working. So he put on us, he put us on a heavy schedule, man. Um, me and my brother both, um, you know, he took training very seriously, mm-hmm. like religiously, you know, we, we had to do 10 to 20 pushups as kids every day. If he came home, he'd look at, he'd look us um, on the knuckles. He's like, did you guys do pushups today? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, we, we couldn't lie, man. <laughs> we had to be honest with him, bro. Even if we missed one session, he'd be so pissed off. Um, so that, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes it was too much. Sometimes, you know, I just didn't want to do it. I just, I didn't understand it as a kid. So he could get very angry about it. He could get very, you know, strict about it. So that wasn't always fun, but, um, it worked out, it worked out in, in, you know, uh, in my benefit basically. So yeah, man, I'm 19 and I, I literally, I go on Google start typing in acting schools in New York and 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 my parents and everybody's like why, why do you want to go to New York why do you want to stay in Belgium we have you know you could just go to the dramatic uh drama institute over here like you don't have to go there I'm like I know I can go here but imagine going there <laughs> I know right. I can go here this is easy I mean I, yeah I, I could do that that's not a problem but I don't want to why why would I do that if I could go for the top like you know challenge like a journey an adventure not knowing what, what you know what was going to happen that's what that's what excites me Taris. you know what i'm saying like just think about it just just leaving and not knowing what's going to happen and then landing in jfk with the hope to become an actor you know what i'm saying that's, like, that's, that's fucking nuts that's that's fucking wild man i'm not going to lie that's that's pretty yeah. crazy so but this is the thing man when you believe in it it's not that crazy right when you believe like when when people believe um in religion when people believe in UFOs and Bigfoot and to them, I'm telling you, it's, it's as real as us talking right now, no matter what you, what you'll tell them, no matter, you know what I'm saying? Like how much um, you're going to debate with them, they're still going to have their beliefs. So when you believe in something to you, it's real, maybe not universally, maybe, you know, universally, it's not the reality, but to Mm -hmm. you, it could be very, very real. So when people say, you know, I had a vision, I saw God, whatever, whatever, if they really believe in it, you know, it'll be real. It's like, uh, you know, over the course of time, you will start believing in your own lies, right? Eventually yeah. that lie be- will become reality and <laughs> you're going to be arguing with yourself, like, shit, was this real or was this not real, you know? Yeah. So, but that all comes from belief. So I had that, man. And 
um, uh, to be honest with you, man, I, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid. I was never like afraid. I was never like, oh, I'm going to be homesick. I'm going to be, I'm going to miss my friends or my parents. Because I looked at it as that is part of the goal is the sacrifice, you know, and that is why it's so hard. That is why in New York, we graduated over like 200, I think 18 or 220 people just for mm-hmm. one semester for one class. And only like, I think like three people are still in the city right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm also very lucky to end up in a place where, um, you know, I meet guys like you and I have mm-hmm. cousins like, mm-hmm. like, you know, Garam and Torwa and Rati who till this day, bro, they're my brothers. You know what I mean? Which is crazy to me that you guys are cousins. Even yeah. the fact that you're related, it's already yeah. mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, and and obviously coming over here, you know, came with uh, challenges on its own. As you know, uh, you know, my friend who, let's let's say he was not my friend and scammed, me, scammed the shit out of me, mm-hmm. which will be a topic on its own we'll talk about. We're not going to get into that today. Uh, we'll leave it for the next one. <laughs> we'll leave it for another time. Um, yeah, man. And, and as, as it, you know, the months went by and the years went by, I just went with the flow and I, I adapted. I fucking went to New York. I did my best to learn the language. I, I tried to adapt that new mentality. Mm-hmm. I just went with it, man. And then, and then it happened, you know what I mean? And then, and then it went from one level to another level to another level. And, and now I'm here, man. And, we had some good, you know, good years in the past. We had some fun mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I, when I made the decision to do this, that decision never went away, you know? Uh, and to say it's, it's, it, it, it's only beginning really. It never really ends. That satisfaction nerve will never be satisfied. And that is, right. you know what I'm saying? That you. is the fun part about it, bro. So how so, do you how do you stay um, you know because you you kind of tasted some success like you know let's say early on with the Patriots yep. Day and you know how did you stay you know motivated to keep doing it how did you just not kind of like say oh you know what well, maybe you know look at me I'm kind of doing this I'm in you know in the movie with Mark Wahlberg you mm-hmm. know maybe I'll take a little break maybe I relax a little bit you know. How did you keep going? You know, how did you stay disciplined and keep working and keep doing additions and all that? Because mm-hmm. you know, you know, to me, it's it's crazy to to hear you talk about this and how young you would have motivated you or to do this. Because I'm only just finding out how to, how important it, it is to be disciplined and to work hard and yeah. to kind of you know delay gratification and you know just you know to work hard now to in, to reap the rewards later and I, you know it's i'm still learning that you know and i'm already 30 years old you know so how 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 did you manage to do that this is what i suggest anybody to do anybody should take an, a good acting class mm-hmm. if you want to be an actor or not it doesn't matter if you freaking you know whatever if you're a tennis player if you're a teacher take an acting class because bro i'm going to be honest like Patriots Day was awesome, you know, the series, the commercials, all that is cool. But that is, that is a result. Like, that is not the real work. Like, the real work happens, like, in, in those classes and the auditions and 
the journey to getting that part or the journey to uh, getting to that point. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's not just like showing up and my name is Temo and this is what I do. And, oh, we like you. Yeah, let's, let's you know, cast you in a movie. There's mm-hmm. just so much that goes into it, bro. Um, like uh, just an acting class on its own. It's like, like, it's like therapy because, I mean, what is acting really? You know what I mean? It's what, what professional liars. Um, I don't know. You know, what is it? I don't know what it's, what it is to me. It's just constant escape from, um, from who you are or who you think you are. And, it's this commitment that you show that to something that is not real. And in order to, um, to express that surreality, you mm-hmm. need to be authentic. Mm-hmm. It's a paradox, in my opinion. It's a contradiction. Because you're, you know, you're, you're performing something that is not real. Mm-hmm. But you cannot perform, perform it by being not real. You have to mm-hmm. be real in that moment. And only then that moment will, you know, translate um, authentically, you know. That's and that's why we, we love movies like Shawshank mm-hmm. Redemption. We love movies like Scarface. We love movies mm-hmm. like The Godfather. We love shows like The Sopranos. Because those actors, they're real in a surreal moment and they're vulnerable. I think that is good acting. When you show yourself... And your most vulnerable um, side, and all that you know is uh, expressed notoriously and constantly in in uh, acting classes, and that's why you know you have the Stanley Slavsky, so you have the Lee Strasbergs, you have Stella Adler, all these great actors we know, you know they studied that, and um, you see, bro, people are very, people are very broken you know mm-hmm. it's like i think one of the philosophers said that life is a suffer or how do you say it? life is uh, suffering basically that's what life mm-hmm. is and mm-hmm. we all just trying to survive this 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 suffer that we experience right and with acting and this could be with anything this could be a painter this could be a musician this could be a break dancer this could be a uh, like i don't know an engineer doesn't matter it's with acting what i found is that it it teaches a lot about yourself it makes you okay. realize a lot and also if you take it seriously of course you mm-hmm. soak in a lot you know like you know me I, I like to learn a lot i like to do a lot i like to learn skills i like to know how far i can bend my body how far mm-hmm. i can do you know a certain exercise how you know can i play the piano can i now learn to you know, jump with the bike off of uh, hills and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it it forces you to constantly open up new doors without knowing what's behind the door. And that is the scariest part. And if you allow yourself to commit to it, mm-hmm. then something magical happens that you cannot cre- uh, recreate. It just sits in the moment. And that is what it is. But it's, it's a lot it's a lot deeper than than what we see in movies and the Marvel and Batman. It's it's I mean, all that is cool and it's an industry and it's a business and people mm-hmm. are making money and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, 
acting is so much more than that, man. And it's That's beautiful. Like yeah. right now, right? I'm doing a play. Um, and like you said, right? I did a big movie, a blockbuster movie. Then I did a series. Mm. Then I did a show. And then I did a commercial. Got an agency, management. Everything is going well. It's all good. Now I can just kind of, you know, I can relax, kick back, wait for my agent to call me. And just, you know, be, be, be ready for the audition. But I can't. Like, I, I physically can, bro. Like, you really start to itch. There is something about being on the stage or being, you know, on a set. And then you hear the action. And, bro, mm -hmm. it's like, and you go for it. You know what I'm saying? And you're playing this character like that Italian dude, for example, you know, that you've, you've never had to play before let's say, mm -hmm. and then you watch and then you watch it or um, you, you experience it. And then you just learn a lot about yourself. That's you see, you see your weaknesses, you see your flaws, you see yourself, you criticize yourself constantly, bro. In your head, mm -hmm. you criticize mm -hmm. yourself. You're this, you're that, you're to this, you're to that. So yeah, man, that's why also like, psychologically you have to be very strong in this business not only with acting but with um you know with um mental health entertainment exactly with entertainment yeah. itself because you will be treated as a commodity right you will be treated as a number and 99 mm -hmm. of the time you will be denied and you will be uh you'll be told no and mm -hmm. you have to deal with that um all the you know, time basically yeah you have to deal with that denial Mm -hmm. um and that's not easy and that's why most of the times people you know give up on their dreams bro because the instability of that commitment the inassurance there is no there's no certainty they there is mm -hmm. uh, to that there's uncertainty and uncertain means uh not knowing and we're all afraid of what we what we don't know mm -hmm. you know something that's strange to us something that's not that does not feel you know common or relatable is very tricky so that's what it is man it goes so so much deeper taris and i'm telling you a lot of people that go through certain stuff uh mentally maybe people that are depressed i was just that, gonna yeah yeah go ahead yeah people that are going through tough times go to an acting class and no, soon and soon enough you're gonna dive into your own life Right. You're going to talk about like what happened in your childhood. You're going to talk right. about your, you know, your traumas with what? with strangers. And immediately you're going to see everybody's going to be on the same wavelength and there is hey. no judging. So that's why I'm saying when you do an acting class, you got to make sure it's a good teacher and it's a, it's a good environment because a, right. a lot of them are scams and a lot of them it's bullshit. You know, it's interesting that you brought that up because I just finished reading this book. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm -hmm. and uh i forget the who the writer was but the, the um, body keeps its what the body keeps the score oh the body keeps its score the score oh uh, the score okay so it's basically a book about people who have like trauma like trauma victims like mm -hmm. you know soldiers with ptsd or or victims of like childhood abuse or rape you know like crazy crazy trauma that happens in people's life and so this guy who wrote the book, he's a psychologist and a very good one too. And one of the treatments that he has for his patients that's, uh, you know, that he talks about in the book that works really well is acting classes. So he says, oh, yeah? you know, in the book, he's, he's talking about, you know, uh, he describes acting as not that you given a character, you play the character that you, you know, they ask you to play that character and then you find the character within you mm -hmm. 
and you and you basically present mm-hmm. it and and he says that a lot of people who have trauma in their life uh, you know it helps them helps them to deal with it in life you know because I, I, I'm, I'm assuming like you said when you go there on the set and you really take it seriously all that emotion that has to come out and you yeah, know it, it's it, a it's, workout it's it's, it's tiring a, it's, yeah by the end of it, like I remember, we had certain classes, uh, and then you were just tired, bro, more than doing like you know hundred pull-ups, because it's all you know here. Yeah. And when your brain is tired, when your mind is tired, no matter you know, no matter who you are, you're gonna be dead. So, and that's what it is, man. That's what it is. It's it's constant journey to express yourself while mm-hmm. finding your yourself uh it's very philosophical i like it i like living like that i like living like i don't know what's going to happen let's find out it's a meisner technique you know let's Mm -hmm. find out what happens it's um trusting the moment Mm -hmm. um it's trusting your scene partner uh it's going off of the energy that you're getting and you're going to give it back without knowing what you're going to receive you know wow that's interesting Um, yeah yeah so and you you can apply this to daily life, man. You you I apply it all the time to daily life. That's why mm-hmm. I I find myself dealing with certain things easier than other people, because mm-hmm. I don't cloud myself with things that don't matter. I don't mm-hmm. I, or I try at least I try. It's not it's not easy. I try. I I can get carried away with something very foolish. I can get stressed out about something, um, you know that's just. It doesn't matter, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- what it also forces me is is to explore. I think a human being that does not explore is equivalent to a spiritual suicide. Mm-hmm. That's what I think, uh, and I can tell you this for myself. Um, I've constantly tried to explore. I've constantly tried to constantly try to meet people from different cultures meet people with different perspectives for example you know and no matter whether it's negative or positive because Mm -hmm. every opportunity can arise as a um an advancement for yourself or a new learning process basically Mm -hmm. um and slowly you know you learn these uh you learn these little tools little little skills and you know it's it just becomes it becomes very beautiful um, like for example, what I mean by that also is that when I when I came to you guys or when I came to Jersey, you know, the very first you know couple of months, I was very new to it, mm-hmm. and I was also very um, like overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like wake up, like I, I remember Kate used to like drive me at like five thirty a.m. for the first time, taking the Amtrak, not the Amtrak, the New Jersey Transit, getting on a train, bro, not knowing when to get off. Because, you know, you it's Newark, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Penn Station. And then you got the New York Penn Station. That mm-hmm. shit confused the shit out of me, bro. Dude, I'm still confused, bro. Yeah. Fuck. You, know? you know what I'm saying? Taking yeah. the train. Then, you know, 34, 34th Street, Herald mm-hmm. Square. Uh, taking the subway. Walking. People looking at you. Trying to come up to you. Sell you shit. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> fucking rappers on the street trying to sell oh, you bro. sell you their CDs. I bought. I actually bought one of those CDs of a dude one time. Me too. I bought it. It was okay. It was okay. It wasn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't anything special. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give one guy a chance. Yeah, bro, I gave this one guy a chance. He had three tracks. He said, "I have six tracks." He said, "Okay, I'm not cool. <laughs> I'll listen to it." He had three tracks, and then he copied the three. 
<laughs> bro, you so make sure you listen to him twice, bro. That's how good those three were. You know what I mean? He's like, this is my LP. It's my first, you know, like a mixtape, whatever. I'm like, I sh- sure I'll listen to it, bro. Not only, not only he copied his tracks, he also uh-huh. sampled like Nas, Illmatic, and he had like oh, samples man. from like Puff Daddy. You know, I'm like, bro, this guy got me, man. <laughs> You know, you know what's good these days? They keep selling the CDs, but nobody got a CD player in the car anymore, you know? Because so, they, be, they become collectibles. Well, right? I ain't collecting that shit. I can guarantee yeah. you that. Because, you know, these guys, these I remember I was in San Francisco, was it two years ago, a year ago? I, I remember last time I was there. But, you know, these two guys come up and they're like, same thing, Venice Beach. They're constantly trying to yeah. sell you some shit, right? And they see it immediately they if do. you're from they there can, or not. Dude, they, they know it, t- and and no matter where you're from, they yep. got a cousin or somebody over there. I would t- I would be like, oh, where you from, dude? It'd be like, oh, New Jersey. Oh man, I got a cousin in Trenton, man. You gotta you gotta go check him out, man. He's a rapper too, right? You know, you gotta buy my CD. I'm like, dude, I don't even have a CD player in the car. What am I gonna do with this? I don't have a CD player at home. <laughs> my laptop doesn't have a CD. But um, so, but anyways, yeah. So to to get back to our point, um. I learned a lot by just watching, by just observing. Mm-hmm. Um, like for a, a example, immediately when I when I you know um, saw you guys and I know I noticed the difference between my cousins and then you know I saw Bashoy and Mina and then I saw you and Pat mm-hmm. and I was like oh like this is this is what so. Were you, what were your impressions when you first saw us? I'm curious. I was like, yo, these guys are nuts. Look at them fucking driving these Beamers, Mercedes, bro. Like, I'm like, where are these, how are these guys buying these cars, bro? Like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? You guys are yeah. like, oh, you mid 20s when I met Dude, you? Not even, bro. You're like, I think yeah. I met you when I was like 21 or 22. 21-22. I'm 20. I don't remember. I, I yeah, might have been 21. Yeah, right. 22. Exactly. You were 22 because yeah. I was I was 20. Yeah, yeah I, I turned 20. There you go. Exactly. So I was like, yo, you guys are driving these cars. Like, it's nothing, bro. You guys are talking about these cars. Like, like it was like, like a toy. Like, it was a bicycle. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because in Belgium, bro, we we ride our bikes, man. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> if, you a, if you got an M3, you're balling. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. So that was my first impression. And then everybody comes over and then everybody starts smoking weed. And I'm like, and back, you know, um, at that time, my uh, perception of weed was very, it wasn't negative, but it was also like, you know, I'm too good for that. I don't need yeah, weed. Yeah. You're you know, like, oh, I, I got my water, bro. I'm good. Yeah, I got yeah, my yeah. water, I'm like, bro. You know, I'm good. Relax without <laughs> it. Um, and then to a certain degree, I agree with that. I don't think you should be, you know, 1920 and just like smoking every day. I don't know. Well, I, you know, if if you want to ask my opinion on this, because I've been doing fucking drugs since I was like six years yeah. old, you know, which may be partially the reason I'm still fucked up from that shit. But uh, you shouldn't be touching anything until you at least 25, 26. That's the way I see it. Yeah. If I could go back and talk, like my kids, when I have kids, I don't think, I, you know, I'm going to make sure I do my best. They better listen tell- to this podcast, bro. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to. They'll know. They're going to have to. They're going to see the difference. But... You know, I think, you know, your brain fully develops around like 25, 26, mm-hmm. you know, your frontal cortex start, start, stops developing by that point. And I think at that point, it, you know, if you want to experiment with different stuff like weed or shrooms or whatnot, yeah, I think yeah. it's a good idea. But when you're young and you're growing up and you're still growing and developing, your brain's developing, 
and you start introducing these things to your system. You I mean, know, on a daily basis, for sure. You, you know, that's what I I'm don't saying. care. No, I, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go as far as saying any basis. You know, I mean, dude, I, I had a first drink when I was six. I had a first cigarette when I was six, dude. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, and, yeah. and that, you know, my life, you know, and it's another thing is like how, how like completely opposite like your life was to mine. You know, like you were like 10 years old, you know, you like you knew this. I was 10 years old. I was like, oh, man, you guys go and go hammered. You know, let's go get some drinks. Let's, you know, let's go talk to some girls, get some cigarettes, you know. That was the shit I was thinking about. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was surrounded by drugs because um, in, in, in Bruges it's it's very popular, or in Belgium, mm-hmm. or anywhere, I guess. <laughs> um, and and alcohol, obviously, constantly. People partying, um, going out. That was always mm-hmm. there. Uh, but I, I learned that discipline from young young age. Uh, to I don't need to do something that some someone else is doing just to belong into a certain group or into a certain in, yeah. Or yeah i i've always managed to fit in wherever i wanted to fit uh, to fit in so i and do you think it's partially because of your personality because yeah. you, like you were saying before you have this personality where you like to explore and stuff like that so do you yeah. think it's partially because of that or yeah so that's the thing right at that age and it's also ignorance because mm-hmm. i thought you know as a kid especially with eastern european parents we'd you know don't ever do that this is what yeah, happens. You're going to, you know, you're going to become a junkie. You're going to lose your <laughs> life. You know, that's what they, yeah, yeah. that's what you're told. Mm-hmm. So as a, a, you know, at a young age, that's the perception that I had. So, but my brother, for example, he tried everything by the time, you know, by, by the age of 21, he had tried everything. So Bro, completely different brave, from me. Yeah. He's, he's a brave, he's a brave soul. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he, he did not give a fuck. That's the, that's the difference between me and my brother. He, barely gives a fuck and i always and that's and you know and that's interesting to me because you guys grew up in the same house you guys had the same dad the same discipline the same everything i think how how Uh, come you turn out different than you yeah you haven't you haven't met my brother yet so the way our father was with us translated very positively with me because i think because i was the older brother i Mm -hmm. took that responsibility kind of like with an honor and with a i don't know with uh with the positive positivity, basically, I, I I liked it to you know to be the older brother of my uh, younger brother and my younger sister to take that responsibility to take care of them and whatnot. So his strictness and his you know way of um, looking at life fed off eventually later down the line in a positive way for me. But mm-hmm. to my brother, he didn't. He always wanted to rebel. For example, he never really wanted to do taekwondo, but he was the best at it, bro. He 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 like he he was the best in his league and his division. He was picked uh, favorite for the national team uh, at the um, tryouts. Um, he was picked immediately. I was picked on the second round only. Mm-hmm. So he was always like solid, but he hated it. So I was like, "Yo, why is this guy doing this, man?" Uh-huh. I mean, given we were in a different weight class and he was in a different, you know, uh, in, a, in a different division, but he was. You know, he was unbeaten, bro. He was really good. Really, really good. Um, and I always had to, like, fight for it. You know what I'm saying? I always had to work for it. I always had to fucking, you know, get knocked out for it. Mm-hmm. So, but that hunger and that pers- um, that uh, consistency allowed me to, 
you know, take it in a positive sense. But my brother, he didn't give a fuck. He loved work. Uh, he loved going out, drinking. You know, he loved all that shit. Damn. Anything that was not allowed, he loved doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, oh, yeah I definitely know what he's saying. Sounds like me and your brother would get yeah. along just good. Oh, you know, 100%. <laughs> you guys are going to be best friends. Oh, so, so then eventually, um, I changed my mind about like drugs and alcohol and because I started learning about it, I, I opened up my mind. I mean, n- don't get me wrong. I never thought that anybody who's smoking weed is a junkie or, you mm-hmm. know, that's it, his life is over. That's not what I thought. I just thought I, I don't need drugs. I don't need mm-hmm. alcohol to have fun. Mm-hmm. And people like that. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, no one. And, I, and, no one and, and, said, and, go ahead. And I'm saying in reality, you don't. You don't need any of those things to have yeah, fun. Yeah, really, you can't you have don't. fun without it. Exactly. So, and a lot of people say, "Yeah, I just you know, I didn't want it to be too weird one, or um, you know, I just wanted to fit in, or my friends did it, so I had you know, I did it too." But that's not true. I, at least it wasn't for me because a mm-hmm. lot of people admire that, especially when I came here, and they're like, "Wait, why wow, you never done coke before? How are you gonna yeah. you know, how are we gonna manage to shoot this film?" Like, bro, don't worry about it, man. <laughs> yeah. Watch Let's me. bust a couple of lines before we go in the scene, dude. Oh man, that's crazy. So, so um, I, I I always had that confidence. I would say I always had the confidence, like, hey, like, look, this is who I am. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, I don't care. You got a problem? Let's let's see what your problem is. You know. So then eventually, like when I came over here and I saw how you guys were. Like you guys, yeah, like we're all hanging out, smoking pot, whatever. But dude, you guys were on the dot, you know, like going to school, fucking working, you know, working on the cars and whatever. So that was very inspiring to me. I'm like, look at these guys, man. This is uh, pretty impressive, you know. Um, You guys had like a routine going on. Uh, And also one of my first impressions was very relatable because the way you guys were with each other, that's how me and my homies were back, back home, like Babush and sponge and everybody, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we were all just like tight. So I came here and immediately I fit in. I, you know, at least for me, I don't know. Maybe you guys thought I was a fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. We only thought you were weird when you got high. You're like, man, this guy's fucking strange, man. Spinning his fucking pan and shit like that. I'm like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, Rati, where'd you get this cousin from? Because Rati, dude, they run like a, you know, it's it, it's like an immigration office in, in their house, man. It's constantly, it's constantly new people coming through, you know, the new, new Georgians. So I remember Rati told me, he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, we have this other guy coming. He's going to be an actor. He's Georgian. And I'm like, oh, shit, man. This sounds crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every time I hear, like, somebody from my neck of the woods is going to be an actor in in United States, I always assume this person is just fucking wild. You know what I mean? Because no one, like, it's, like, usually the people that, like, I met over there, they were, like, trying to be an actor over here. They were just fucking off their shit. So I'm, I'm expecting, I'm like, dude, who the fuck is this kid going to be? Like, I'm already, my expectations are like up here, you know? And then we meet you and I was like, oh, all right, you know, he's, he's normal. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. And, and you turn out all right. But, it's but you know what? Right. I think the reason uh, we were, uh, you had like no issues fitting in because we also like immigrants. We also Eastern European and, and we had that mentality as well. So mm-hmm. I, I think it was easier for you to fit yeah. in with us versus if you came to like an American family yeah. that, you know, here for generations and try to fin- fit in with those kids, you yeah. know? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. And this is another thing that I found, and I'm only tw- 28, so I don't know. Let's uh, touch back on this topic in like a couple of years. But, bro, I found that the more positive you are with yourself, mm-hmm. like just with anything, like anything you want to do in life, right? Like even like the smallest chores, like taking out the trash, whatever. The more positive you are with yourself, the more positive positivity you will receive outside you yeah that's true but it's 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 all it's one of those things you know that's easier said than done right because because you know it 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 also and i would say it goes back to your childhood and how you grow up because you know if you had a lot of trauma and like dude you know this book that i just told you about after i listened to this book i was like holy shit i'm more fucked up than i thought i was dude you know because all this shit that i was growing up uh, with and all the fucked up shit I saw, you know, in my childhood, I thought it was normal. But now I'm looking back on, it, I was like, dude, I grew up post Soviet Union during the rebuilding pe- period. There was uh, violence. I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I I've seen shit like you wouldn't fucking believe it, and, and and I'm sure it left some kind of a psychological effect on me, right? Yeah. And so you know, if you depending on how you grow up and what your childhood looked like, it's not going to be that simple to, you know, go in and, you know, do the dishes with like, Hey, we're doing the dishes. It's amazing, you know, or, or go in or even like going out to work out or going out to the, to go to work or go do something, you know, it's, it's, it, I think it, nature and nurture, yeah. you know, and, and I'm learning that as, as I'm getting older, I'm seeing, cause I was, you know, it was, you know, I'm evolving as I'm getting older, but I'm seeing how flawed my thinking was, let's say, even two years ago, you know, when I was 20, when I was 22, 23, you know, and I'm constantly, and I think what helped me was just to read books and, mm-hmm. and learning about different things. But, you know, it's not easy to do everything with and, and be happy, you know, I think, I think, I think man, it, it's, if you, if you if you one of those people who happy with everything you do, you either on drugs or I don't know what you're doing because I let me know because I I want to know, dude. Because I'm one of those people where I I struggle I struggle with things. You know, I wake up in the morning more often than not, and I'm like, fuck, man, here it goes another mm-hmm. day. You know, how do I get through this one? And I gotta put my shoes on and I gotta go and you know I gotta do things that might necessarily even like things that I like to do sometimes would feel like like hell doing them, you know, like, you know, I like working out. Right. And, and that's one of the things like, you know, on the days where you feel like it, it's great. But one of the days when you don't feel like it, it's, it's tough. Man, it's very to, tough to, to get yourself in there. And well, two things. Um, you're right. It's not easy. And that, that's it right there. That's why, you know, I mentioned before that it's, um, you know, we're all suffering. And mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson said this, um, he was asked about like, you know, why people take drugs and alcohol and all that. Like, why, why didn't do that to themselves? And he was very simple about it. He's like, why not? Like, think about it. Why not? You drink, you numb the pain. You know, mm-hmm. you get high or you take drugs, you numb the pain. You're trying to like escape the reality. You're trying to escape that suffering. So you're the odd duck who doesn't drink, who, you know, who doesn't do drugs, who wants to like take life sober. It's hard. So... Yeah it's it's actually it's actually more understandable to take drugs to drink to numb the pain to escape reality and and make this this suffering as as easy as possible mm-hmm. so that's why it's so hard that's why it's so hard to 
go about it in a positive light. And I don't like using the word happy. I never liked using that word. What is that? What the fuck does that mean? Happy? Like, what does that mean? It's a result. It's, it's, it's like, uh, you, you, it's like tagging something, All right? This is, you know, this is fragile. This is, you know, this is solid. This is happy. No, man, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I don't like using that word. You'll never be mm. happy in your life. You'll never be happy. Mm, I, I think it depends. Uh, I would disagree to some extent because I think being happy, it's, it's a state of mind versus then like a physical thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And to me, like I, like I said before, you know, I'm evolving and, and I'm growing and I'm learning. So what I'm finding out now is that happiness comes from doing the work, right? So like mm-hmm. when you put in the work and, you know, whether it's, you know, at the end of the day, end of the week, end of the month, three years from now, you see in the result, mm-hmm. that's, that's the happy part, you mm-hmm. know, and, but you got to do the work. And I think when you come in and you wake up every day, every, you know, and you have a list of things that you need to do to get to, to, to get through that day and you get them done. I think that's, that's happiness in my opinion, but I would also say that everybody has a different definition of happiness. So that's, that's basically my point. I agree with you. The reason why I'm saying I don't like the word happy or what does that mean? Because people Mm -hmm. focus on that shit too much. They want to be happy. They don't want to put in the work, bro. They don't want to wake up like you at 6, 5 a.m., go to gym, then work, come back, take another run, go to Mm -hmm. sleep early. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Watch what they eat, watch their diet, and they do that same shit every single day for the rest of the week. Maybe take a day off and then do it over again. And that's why I think we have such a big problem in this country with prescription medications because you have a pill that basically guarantees you happiness while you're on it. You know, you take a Xanax or whatever the fuck it is and you numb and you kind of feel soft and on the clouds and, and, you know, and you're happy. And I think it's, I think, I, I think, I think it's a big problem in this country, maybe not even in this country, maybe in the whole world, you know, we, I'm just talking specifically mm-hmm. about this country because, you know, I know people suffering everywhere here included, no matter how, you know, rich or poor you are, or wealth or whatever, you know, and I think the happiness comes from doing the work, man. I, I yeah, really, you know, and, and, and I can speak from experience, man. I've been, I've been the guy who didn't do shit, right? I, I've been the guy who, who just kind of hang around and watch TV and just kind of being lazy and I've also been a guy who just, like you said, hey, I wake up 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. I put my shoes on. I go to the gym. I, I just fucking the whole day, man. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just plowing and plowing and I'm doing the work. And at the end of that, you know, on the end of that, I feel much better if, there you go. if I just don't do anything. So in that moment, what do you focus on? Trying to be happy or doing your work? Doing the work, exactly. for sure. I, I focus on one step at a time. So, like, you know, one foot in front of the other, you know. I don't focus on the feelings. I focus on, like, all right, like, let's just say working out. You know, you wake up 4.30 in the morning, you're half asleep, bro. You fucking yeah. Yeah. You get to the gym and you, like, you work and you wrote down, you know, uh, uh, you work out last night and you were last night you were feeling, like, all fucking good. And you mm-hmm. wrote down this, like, fucking work and you're looking at it. 30 in the morning like oh shit i gotta do this shit right now you know what i mean <laughs> but hey you know it's like the workout starts with pull-ups all right let's go one pull-up at a time mm-hmm. let's see how it goes or let the workout starts on the treadmill one step in front of the other see how i feel and so i don't necessarily feel i mean uh, think about feelings i'm just thinking about taking that first step and doing that first pull-up or 
you know, if you have to, you know, work on a house or work on a car, yeah. whatever you got to do, same thing. You know, if you're working on the car, it's all right. Let's, what's the first step? Let's just take those first steps to get it done versus thinking about the end result or the feelings. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Taking the first step is already doing like 70%. You take your first step, that's it. You've finished. 70% of the work is done. And yeah. now and now we just got to continue. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's what I mean with happy, you know. Um, I'm not saying that I don't want people to be happy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that when you focus too much on that, it'll it'll never happen and you'll never really have that um, experience of happiness because then you... Yeah, because, you, you know, happiness is not a destination, right? It, I think it's a, it like not, a journey. It's, it's a not. journey and same thing like discipline, you know. I think if you discipline, you're going to be happy. You know, if you discipline yeah. with your diet, you're going to be happy because you're yeah. going to look a certain, way, a certain way. You know, if you discipline with your exercise, you're going to be happy because you're going to feel a certain way, mm-hmm. right? If you discipline with your money, you're going to be happy because you're going to have a certain amount of money. If you discipline in your relationships, you're going to be happy because you're going to have a successful relationship, right? Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. discipline at your work, you're going to be happy because, you know, you achieve a certain level of success within that field that you're working in. You know, and if you discipline, you know, being an actor and doing those auditions every fucking day or however you do them, you know, you're going to be happy because at the end, you know, you become a successful actor. Yeah, man. And um, that's why I, I like the experience of pain, whether it's mentally or physically. Mm-hmm. I think pain teaches you a lot the same way that, you know, joy teaches you a lot and you know with with joy you have that dopamine release that you know gives you that uh, feeling of euphoria and um happiness let's say right mm-hmm. um the same way you need to feel that other side too you need to put your body you need to test your body whether it's mm-hmm. physically whether it's mentally you need to test your body where almost where it hurts in order to see just in order to to yeah to learn more about yourself um right same thing with like for a, a beautiful example you know you start doing squats you know and you could squat like say 60 pounds if you're mm-hmm. always going to stay at 60 pounds nothing is going to change in the beginning you'll be like oh look look at this like i've been pounding uh, i've been um squatting 60 pounds now for a while but that pain slowly is going to go away right so right. you need to add weight in order to grow and adding weight, what does that result to? More pain. Mm-hmm. You go from 60 yeah. to 80, 100, and next thing you know, you're doing the 150. So no matter how good you get, you'll always endure more pain because you're pushing more and you're like, you're challenging more. So no matter if you, Mike Tyson, no matter if you're Usain Bolt, these guys are constantly in pain. These, you know, no matter if you're Lomachenko or freaking the best ballerina on earth, they're constantly. Mm-hmm dealing with pain because they're constantly challenging themselves and because they're constantly pushing it just a little bit forward. And with that comes pain and that comes result. And guess what comes after that, bro? Happiness because you fucking went through pain and now you got the results of it and now you can actually enjoy it. So now I guess you could call yourself, you know, a happy person just for a little bit. Because then it's it restarts. So until you start the next <laughs> yeah. day and you go back to the suffering, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like I said, it's a journey, man. And, uh, you know, you got to enjoy the journey. And that's, that's You got to enjoy the journey. Yeah, man. And, um, and, and a big factor of it is to do what you love. 
when a human being is forced oh, man, to do tough. something, it yeah, is tough. When a human being is forced to do something that they don't love, it's very hard. Uh, and and yeah. that's what slavery was. That's what you know. You know. That's why when. Well, when, I mean, that was a little different. You know, yeah. slavery. That. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking. You know, about, these guys not, didn't have a choice. No, no, but I, I know. About, I know what you mean. Yeah, like I'm mentally, not just the idea you, of being a slave. Yeah, you, know, you mentally, you put in yourself life, whether almost, it's an actual reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're doing something that you don't want to fucking do, and then, you know what I'm saying? Like whether it's in history or not, I'm just talking about the idea of of being a slave. You could be enslaved right. to your computer. You can be enslaved to your phone. Um, right. 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 Yeah. So it's yeah. It's, I, it's, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it's better to do. It's better to. It's even if it's the easiest thing, even if it's the most you know straightforward thing, it's always easier when you love something. And in order to do what you love, sometimes and at certain points in your life, you're gonna have to do things that you do not love. And well, not sometimes, a lot of the times, you know. So and yeah, dude, it's it's yeah, it's it. I think you know, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, a lot, you know, a lot of it has been doing something I don't like mm-hmm. and understanding what that feels like and and searching for stuff that you like, you know, and then trying different things and. And doing different things, you know, because, you know, I think it's going to be different for for everyone, you know, so it will be it will be different for everyone. But at the same time, you know, everybody's going to sleep and everybody's going to wake up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to have everybody has a choice to make uh, in their life. And then don't get me wrong. We all have, you know, political circumstances, environmental, financial circumstances and you know, you, you could be unlucky and be being born in a in a in a horrible household. You could be born yeah. in a very poor country. So, yeah. but but in the, in those situations, the reality is different. So you mm-hmm. need to adjust to your own reality, and you need to. Now, no matter how hard it is, you you need to make the choices that will develop you will develop you as a human being. Um, again, man, it's, and it's not going to be easy, you know, um, you could be, I mean, look at all the people that live abroad, for example, in, in, uh, Eastern Europe that are trying to escape their country just to find a better life. Look at how many people live in, uh, in poverty in, 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 uh, certain countries in Africa and, and, in uh, East Asia, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So people, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of people, man. So everyone has kind of like their own reality and, no matter what you're going to do, you can't just change it. You can't just, you know, one day you, you're sad and next day you're happy. So you need to adjust to your own reality and, and yeah, and fight for it, man. Um, and it's it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, it's a lot easier. You know, that's, I, I think that's like a good uh, message, especially considering the state of affairs we have going on right now, you know, with this COVID yeah. situation. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people now they're home. You know, they have a different reality than what it was seven months ago, you know? Yeah. Maybe you in the house with a fucked up girlfriend, huh? Exactly. Maybe you in the house with the fucked up parents, <laughs> you know, sh- or shitty parents or, or something, you know? So, yeah, man. And now so, you got to deal mean, with that, right? And now suddenly... You have to deal with it. It's a crazy year, Taras. I don't know what to say about this. Yo, year. let me ask you something. What do you think about aliens, bro? <laughs> I think they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, you met one? You <laughs> met oh, one? Bro. Or no? <laughs> Aliens, uh, shit. I mean, 
I mean, you know, the reason I'm asking you this question is because this, you know, COVID year, you know, election year, Mm -hmm. uh, everything's happening. Government is releasing footage of unidentified objects. You know, they're dropping shit left and right and nobody, you know, nobody's saying anything. I got to look at, I've, I've heard about it. I haven't given it a lot of thought because I think every time these freaking footages show up, bro, it's it's you know it's just ridiculous. But besides the footages, what do you think aliens are real or no? Define what, what do you mean with alien? Like uh, a fucking extraterrestrial, human. like a person, like a like a like a being, like a being from a different with, planet. A, with its consciousness and everything. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Its own, you know. It's uh, it's like a fucking or something like even smarter than us that can. Fly on a spaceship and and hover over the earth and watch us doing stupid shit and we can't even see it. Well, this is the thing. The hovering over the earth and spaceships, that's all human made, right? That that all comes from the human conception. But how do you know that? I mean, how do you know about it? I don't. I'm asking you. (laughs) I don't know shit, bro. what (laughs) What I'm asking is how did you hear about aliens? How did you know that they hover? How did you know that they, you know... um are in a, I don't know, a sausage? Shit. <laughs> See, your dog is telling you something. He's, he's probably seen alien. He might have been abducted <laughs> by an alien, bro. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, like, the concept that we have of alien is, is mainly Hollywood, bro. And it's mainly fiction. And it's it's, it's all, you know, it's all, like, uh, in, in the novels and in, in, in classical books. Um so look, if you talk about aliens and, and like one cell organisms somewhere on, you know, maybe Mars underneath a rock. No, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's, you know, talking. I, that, that's not because, dude, listen, every planet that has water or ice or, or, or some kind of uh, uh, environment that's maybe way harsher than here, mm-hmm. going to have some kind of organism there that's like considered mm-hmm. an alien. Right? I don't give a shit about one cell You're organism. Talking about, like, I'm talking about motherfuckers coming up here, you know, te- <laughs> teleporting and shit, bro. That's what I'm talking about. What do you think? So this is the thing with it, okay? In mm-hmm. order to talk about that, you need to realize the, um, the vastness of space. Which is infinity. Which is so I, yeah, I can't even grasp that. I don't yeah, know. I, I have no clue what that even looks like. So exactly. Go ahead. Right. So you need to just just you can you might not be able to grasp it, but you you need to understand to a certain degree how big you know the universe is. So when mm-hmm. you talk about aliens visiting us, you 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 know there's a certain math behind it. There is a certain uh, logical um, reason that you or, or an explainable reason how they might show up here. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, and where did they come from? If they're coming from another, yeah, let's say, yeah. another yeah. galaxy, mm-hmm. that means they they figured out, and 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 you know, in a way to travel faster than the speed of light. Then they, yeah. that, that means they figured out how to I don't know create a wormhole and go through it. They created whatever it is, bro. They got it in time. Yeah, I mean, now you're really talking about something very you know like that's that's exactly I, what I'm talking about. What you think yeah. about that? <laughs> oh, everything, anything is possible, right? If you go down to like um, to the fundamental levels of quantum uh, physics, mm-hmm. I mean, bro, like, and, and this is just me fucking. I mean, look at me, bro. This is just me talking about it from what I've read and from what I've done research on. That it's just things just get crazy on a quantum level, like crazy, unexplainable. So why not? Sure, anything is possible. At Do that you point. think aliens helped the? build the pyramids or some shit like that or no i mean it's a cool concept or it's a cool conspiracy or it's a it's a cool idea to talk about but i mean you know it's you can't really 
how you you'd have to give some sort of proof that is uh, reliable to a certain degree because there's su- there's such a thing as a uh, the fermi paradox ever heard of it mm, fermi I paradox. might have yeah i might have, but i don't well, know I'm what gonna, it is. i'm going to try my best to explain this the fermi paradox basically means that in the past there might there, um there might have been an event that happened mm-hmm. that was monumental okay we will never ever um find any proof of that event you understand what i'm saying so it's possible mm-hmm. that we were visited by aliens it's possible that there was a, a that, that there was a, a civilization or a society that was like 10 times more advanced than us mm-hmm. but we will never find proof of mm-hmm. that civilization for mm-hmm. you know, multiple reasons now i don't know if i'm like you know i'm don't quote me on this you know look it up but that's kind of like the basic idea of what i got from the uh, fermi paradox so that's what it is right so it's possible yeah it's possible that they you know were visited by aliens or whatnot or they had you know um electricity at that time but to talk about it from a factual point of view without any bro you you already established that nothing is factual in this fucking podcast so let's even not (laughs) how'd you come about this Is is it because of the footage uh the government released yeah, I, I saw the footage. The government released the footage? Well, they released this footage where like fighter pilots were following this object that was changing trajectories. It would, it, like Basically, the way it was changing trajectories it, like defied physics. You know, like No plane that they know of on this planet can do what this object in this fighter pilot's uh, radar. Not radar, but like you know the aim where they have like what yeah. they aim for the shooting? Yeah. So like that window... You know, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> now you get- <laughs> I'm, I'm very technical now. So anyway, so this thing, this object was just changing like elevation and going side to side like the, like crazy, you know, like you can't, you know, there's nothing, there's no aircraft in, yeah. in the world that they know of that can do that. Yeah. You know, and, and I was watching the footage and it was very interesting and it was changing me- like the temperature and every, like everything. Yeah. S- send me the link. I haven't watched it. Uh, I cannot talk about something that I haven't, you know, I haven't watched. Or and then I'm also, I also saw some podcasts even with Joe Rogan. He had that guy, Bob Lazar. on. Yeah, I watched who, that one. Who worked in Area 51. Then he had another guy who was a fighter pilot. Uh, and uh, he experienced some of that. Yeah. You know, I actually stuff. watched a documentary they talked about. Yeah, and it's and I'm, like I'm, you know, I'm the type of guy, dude. I don't believe it's shit until I see it with my own eyes. You know what I mean? I'm I, that's how I roll. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm just curious what your opinion is. I think this is like a good topic to talk is, about. No, it is. Shit, it man. is a good topic. I love it, bro. I mean, besides acting and martial arts, I think um, aliens is the next best thing. No, not aliens. <laughs> no, but it's mainly like like astrophysics and. Uh, the speed of light, the idea of speed of light and mm-hmm. sp- space-time continuum. I've dedicated so much time to that. And I, I got multiple books from Brian Greene to Lawrence Krauss, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, Carl Sagan, you name it. So I've, I've been I've been mm-hmm. reading about it. Um, so that is, I love that stuff. I love that topic. And, and you know, aliens or extraterrestrial beings uh, mm-hmm. as, as part of it, I guess. I don't know. Um I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I'm assuming. I'm assuming the 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 fighter jets had 4K videos, right? 
And I'm no like, chance, bro. No, not it's not like, a chance. You know, it's like a little, right? It's, it, you don't know what it is. Is it from the 60s? Is it from 2020? We don't know, right? Get the footage. Well, is- I think there was a date on it, so I'm sure it was, you know, recent. But, um, but the quality is, uh, it's ah, somehow yeah, you know night. we got Zoom, we got iPhones, Apple, but somehow we just can't, we just can't okay. capture these aliens on on high definition camera. <laughs> nah, you can't. You know, I don't know what it, it is, bro. Be like something like distorted black and white, and there's a dot that moves in and out, and That's sometimes it, they play like a low creeping sound. That's and it, it, bro. There you go, bro. <laughs> Motherfuckers are coming to get you, dude. <laughs> You're about to get abducted, son. When you see yeah. that. You're about oh, to get abducted, man. man. Oh shit, bro! I got five percent left. Hold on. Plug it in, man. We don't want to. We don't want to die, right? You, you know. I'm professional, bro. Not professional at all, oh, dude. There we go. Oh. Yeah. I thought I, I thought uh, this was the uh, iPad chart, but uh, it seems to be working, so that's good. But uh, yeah, so uh, aliens, huh, Taras? You've been yeah, conducting yeah. your time looking up aliens. Why not, bro? Why not, bro? Why it's not, 2020, man? bro. Yeah. It's quarantine time. Hmm? Fucking aliens, killer hornets, you know, killer bunnies and shit. I mean, they got shit coming out left and right, bro. <laughs> killer bunnies. Dude, they had killer bunnies, bro. I'm not even making this shit up. I saw in the news that they had killer bunnies, bro. Like, imagine you walking your dog. And, and a fucking bunny runs up and just try to fucking kill you, bro. <laughs> just, I, you know, I would just Wait, kick the shit out of it. Is this, uh, killer bunny, bro. Killer I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, bro. Garden bunny, uh, forest bunny. I don't know. I don't know I, about I, bunnies. I, I guess fucking garden or forest. I don't know what the fuck the difference is between bunnies, bro. I'm not a zoologist, bro. I don't know about bunnies. But I, I saw I saw an article. I dude, it was a while back, maybe like a month ago, and I actually put it on my Instagram story, dude. It was fucking I couldn't believe it, you know. I think I think you did share something in our group text. You said something about yeah. that. So you said uh just when we thought shit can get crazy, here we, got <laughs> here we go, killer bunnies coming in hot, bro. Yeah, man. Look, it's you know, it's a different time. And as you see, we've advanced technologically, like, tremendously, exponentially, uh, compared to, like, let's say 60, uh, 80 years ago, you know. So um, anything is possible at this point, I guess. I don't know. But just looking at the footage and taking that footage seriously, it's, it's you know, it's very tough. It's very tough. You got to think it with a grain of salt, bro. For yeah. Sure, man. It's like... I mean, it's like Bigfoot footage, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot. <laughs> it kind of went away. It was popular. And uh, it was popular at some point. It kind of went away. But, bro, I looked at my... That's funny you say that. I, I A couple of days ago, I looked up Bigfoot. Like, you know, the whole thing about it. Kind of like scrammed th- uh, through it. And they're still making movies with uh, Bigfoot. And they're still making, like, animated movies. And it's like a whole... You know, it became a cultural thing. So well, I mean, it's an industry, dude. You know, people that making those movies, they're making money because those people that follow it, they want to watch those movies. You know, like oh yeah, man, yeah, food walking around and yeah. eating people and shit. This is the thing, Taras. It's this. It, there's just something about the imagination that people love. Like yeah. all of us are storytellers. You understand? All of us, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing right now? We're telling stories. Bullshit. Yeah, we're bullshit. Bullshit. yeah, yeah. We're, we're just yeah. you know. Just busting balls. But, you know, at the same time, you have your story. I have my story. And no matter what we're going to say, it'll never be word by word what happened. Oh, hell no. You know what I'm saying? Because there's, yeah. like, there's yeah. always like the 
exactly what happened and then, and then like you your version of what like happened <laughs> you start adding like side effects yeah. bro you know like exactly. bullets are flying and you're dodging that shit like it's the matrix you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's always there's always some component to a story that's yeah. you know so that's that's how that's who we are i mean that's just in our nature human beings love to exaggerate human beings love to make things special i mean think think about religion you know think about oh, i was gonna that's funny that you brought that up yeah. i was gonna ask you about yeah that. think about the prophets and think about like oh if you do this you'll go to heaven and if you do that so you'll do you fucking go to hell and you burn so, yeah so now that you smoke some weed and you and you see what it does to you do you think those prophets would just fucking smoke and crack and tell people all kinds of shit or what I wouldn't be surprised. Psilocybin. Well, I haven't done psilocybin yet, or I haven't done hallu- um, any hallucinogens yet. Um, but well, I- you do enough. You do enough edibles. You hallucinate. I promise <laughs> you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 100%, man. There is actually a book out, right, by someone, McKenna. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrence McKenna, yeah. Terrence McKenna. I, I actually ordered it. Um, I really want to read that book. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I mean, look at um, um, a lot of native cultures and indigenous people they were experimenting uh, experimenting oh, with dude. drugs all the time all, all the time, time. All R- rituals time. traditions anything you know what i'm saying and and to a certain degree look at our culture like Eastern yeah people, bro they're alcohol. just always drunk they're yeah. just constantly fucking shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> constantly fucking shit <laughs> um so yeah man we like we like to exaggerate we like to tell stories and we like to uh label shit you know um and that's what we do that's why you have conspiracy theories that's why Mm -hmm. you have all these you know crazy stories you hear left and right Mm -hmm. and because people we love bullshit bro we love exaggerating stuff and and then the same way we can have we can be so interested in and in you know intriguing topics like the meaning of life and you know why are we here and what's going to happen after i die and where was i before i was born you know mm-hmm. uh, th- with the same way we could also just be evenly uh, fascinated by like you know cats falling off chairs and you know dogs i don't know barking at birds you know what i'm saying and watching keeping up with uh, with the kardashians and just watching just you know people fall or a fell army on youtube you get what i'm saying in the same way the human being is just going to be fascinated bro and we're just going to watch it we're going to be like wow this is so cool you know so, so I, I, think I think we, we just like stories as, uh, as like human stories, beings yeah, whether it's a bad story or, or, or uh, not necessarily a bad story but whether it's a uh, you know, not ne- not necessarily the most enlightening story, bro. If it's fun, if it's if it sounds cool, if it sounds like it's 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 taking you away from time, it's passing. What would you do if there was a time machine, and you can hop in a time machine and go back to the days of like when the Jesus was around, like that dude was around and they were walking around and fucking telling people they're gonna heal them. And God sent him, and this guy's mom was a virgin, yeah, and, and gave him birth, and he can walk on water, bro. And you can just boom, twenty twenty, you hop in the fucking, you know, little little spaceship, little little time machine, yeah. you know, BMW made comfort, boom, you zoom straight to like fucking whatever two thousand years ago, and you can just be like, hey, dude, what are you doing, man? What's going on? Here? You know, what would you, what would you do? What would you? What would you want to see, bro? Do you think you would see the bullshit that was going on? Do you think Jesus was like that David Blaine type character, like a magician type dude? Or do you think he was legit dude 
you know, uh, walking on water and shit. What do you think was happening, bro? I don't know, bro. I, I don't know what Jesus at this point means. Um, <laughs> it wasn't dude. At one point, it was some dude. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess, obviously, you know, there, there was uh, somebody named Jesus walking around um, claiming to be a prophet, let's say. I don't know. I mean, that's just like what we read, bro. That's, you know, that's just like what we read in, in books. So it's very hard to talk about because like, might you know, you might go back and it might be completely different from what you've, well, not might be, it is going <laughs> to be. It's going to be completely But I'm saying like, what would you ask him? Like, what would you say to the guy? I mean, um, I don't know, man. That's, a, that's, a, I don't think I would go back to that time. I, I'm not really like. What time would you go back to? If you can go back in time, what time would you go back to? What would be the year? What would be the fucking I era? Back, I would go back to like the Egyptian time. I would go back. The pyramids? Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good go trip. Because that's, because think about it, man. That is a time where these, you know, these uh, constructions were made. And for the longest mm-hmm. time, there were the, uh, the biggest constructions or biggest man-made um, uh, how'd you call them? Buildings? They're not buildings. What are they? objects? Objects. You know, yeah, objects. Yeah. You know, biggest man-made objects in the world for the longest time. Now that yeah. is interesting. Like, how the fuck? So, so, so they were probably like technologically advanced to maybe even higher level than we are right now, but not necessarily with you know like electronics. Yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe they, they were more advanced with like math, or, uh, like building or mathematics. Yeah, or yeah. Some kind of. Because we they, we don't have any records of how they build them and what they did. I mean, there's people. I mean, there's theories where people say, "Oh, they have all these slaves," and then there's theories saying, "Well, it couldn't have been slaves because of if you look at, you know, if you take the bones and you and you and you examine them and you see that they had a certain type of diet that slaves wouldn't necessarily have." I I've read some stuff like that. So who knows what happened? And that's a, that's an interesting time to go and check shit yeah. out too. I, I, even even if it were slaves, bro, still it's fucking amazing. I mean, you know, yeah. Taras, do you understand what type of teamwork you need to have in order to do that? You can't have just a bunch of Eastern Europeans, nah, bro, bro, just smoking yeah. on the side. <laughs> you know, it'll never get done. Imagine if Georgians yeah. made that shit. Oh, bro, if Georgians <laughs> made that, we would never know it was there, bro. Today's Georgians, let's say. Today's Georgians. You know, the stereotypical Georgian, bro. Yo, Bro, I tell you this: if there was like stereotypical Ukrainians making pyramids, bro, it would never get built because they would stealing the fucking blocks, bro. They'd be sending them shits back to Ukraine. You know Dude, they would steal, they would steal material, bro. You, not nothing would get done, bro. That's my point. They'd be, they'd be drinking on the job. You need, you need a crazy amount of teamwork, strategy. I mean, uh-huh. just, just think about it, right? Like, you don't have to like think. You don't have to think about like, oh, did they have like this, this, you know, did they have electricity or were they technologically advanced? just think about how much um team power it needed strategy planning bro like you can't just yeah. build a pyramid you gotta you and know, dude it took it took like a hundred years or 200 years to build something so that's like generations of yeah, people yeah. were working on one on one i don't know exactly how long it took i don't know maybe i, I mean know. i can i can yeah. look it up right now but so, but it took um it, it's an interesting time period to go back uh, and that, that's not the only one. If I had to choose, I mean, I have dude, so many <laughs> I'd love to go back to. But um, I think that's just an interesting idea just to see how people back then communicated wow. with each other. And especially if it was made by slaves. 
Bro, I'll tell you how people communicate. They smack a child upside their head. That's how they communicate. They barely had language. <laughs> I just looked it up. They say it says 20 years. That's fucking quick, bro. 20? No. An ancient historian wrote that tw- uh, 20 years to build it required labor. 100,000 men it took to build it in 20 years. No, that's another thing, but that's crazy. How do you... Wait, I'm assuming it's not 100,000 at the same time and... and- Total is probably hundred thousand times, but but how many people were working at the same time? Like think about now, like you know, Rati working on a bridge, bro. Everybody is connected. Boom, they got the radios. They press a button. Next thing you know, yo, how crazy would it everybody. be if you, yo, Tamo, how crazy would it be if you went back to like the days of the pyramids, right? Oh shit, you having a bad connection? Oh Jesus, here we go.